Well, hello and good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Tanya Joy Show. We are so happy to see you and hear you if you're listening to us on podcast land. For those of you that watch us over on the Blessed News Network, we are still titled Beauty for Ashes with Tanya Joy. We've had, for those of you that have been with me for a couple of years, lots of changes, lots of changes to the name and the colors and the background and just all sorts of things. I figure if I'm going to do this, we're going to keep uh, growing and and taking advice and doing all those things. So anyway, we are glad to have you here. Happy holiday season. Merry Christmas, be, belated Christmas. Happy New Year. Um, we're just grateful for you, the viewer and the listener. And um, we're excited to have you here today. Remember that you can watch us going forward Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays at 4.14 p.m. Central. And as you know, that is for Esther 4.14. And then you can also watch us on the Blessed News Network and on their app. And they have a brand new uh, almost like a Facebook, like a, a site you can go to, Blessed News. I believe it's, oh, I'm not even going to say because I'm going to mess it up. Look in the show notes. We'll put it in there. Um, but it's a great place to connect and watch other videos. It's almost like an Instagram type place. Anyway, we are very excited for our show today. Um, as you know, we talk about all sorts of things on this show from Christianity to you know, obviously everything we do really has a spiritual root. I don't like to do anything unless we've got that as the foundation. But as many of you would probably agree, we have lost so many of our Judeo-Christian roots and our understanding from simple name meanings to threshold guardians, which some of you may be like, what's a threshold guardian? You're going to find out today. My guest, I would say, has the deepest knowledge and the best teaching on the importance of these areas. And I'm thrilled to be able to call her a friend and be able to welcome her back to the show today. If you've never seen our shows we've done before, go back in our archives on Rumble and look up Anne Hamilton with an E and Tanya Joy, and you'll find them. We've done a couple of shows, um, but hang on to your seat. And you may want to grab a pen and paper because there's so much wisdom that she brings. You're just going to be blessed by this show today. Today is Friday, December 29th. I'm Tanya Joy, and this is The Tanya Joy Show. Okay, well, we weren't shocked. Over again. Now, welcome back to the show. As well, I'm so excited to have you both on the show. And I know we had such good uh, feedback and reception. General Flynn, what an jo- honor. Joshua, Joshua tracked me down in a big tent of about 4,000 people. How are you? I am doing so great. Hello, everybody. Thank God, I am wonderfully great. Hello. Thank you very much. Because what is prayer? I'm just doing, you know what I mean? And I'm thrilled to be here with the two of you. <laughs> Me too. It's like- and that's who these crazies, these evil ones. It is. You said it right. Good job. Perfect. All right, the Gibson sisters. We are so excited to have them on with us on Resistance Chicks today. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's time to rise. These people that get higher up, How sometimes I've thought, well, these are glory days and not gloomy days. Like, I love that. Huh? <laughs> you know, it, it, it kind of works. What's awesome works. about the tour is people like you. Good. I love the applause. That's cool. <laughs> there we go. Thank Hi, Joy. Everybody, welcome. We are so excited. You ready to get the show on the road? Let's go.
All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. So for those of you that don't know Ann Hamilton, for 20 years, she was the coordinator of the annual camp for children based around the Chronicles of Narnia. And many of you know that great series. That experience shaped a lot of her thinking about how readers enjoy fantasy. And her nonfiction series began with God's poetry. And it can be traced back to her observation of how C.S. Lewis came from the Welsh word for lion. The discovery of name covenants led to the discovery of threshold covenants, as well as many other long forgotten aspects of our Judeo-Christian heritage. She loves to explore words, mathematics, and names. And all of this combined in her many varied books, which we're going to talk about today, both fiction and nonfiction. So let's bring Anne on in. Hello. Hello. Good morning, because it's morning over here in Australia. Um, I know it's afternoon over there, evening, but yep, good day. <laughs> good day. It's so good to see you. It's been way too long. I just have soaked up your books. And so I was so excited after going back through the threshold um, books, the, the main one, like the first one, and then uh, like the overview and then the name covenants. And then I've studied the one on Leviathan. And then I started going into, I think it was Python. And I was like, whoa. There was stuff in there that, you know, a year ago I didn't really think connected. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what I'm dealing with. So anyway, let's start by giving an overview for people that are like, what is a threshold guardian? What that even is. Okay. So, so I'll move back to what's a threshold. I might even move back to what's a covenant. Um, oh, good. Yeah. We look at um, covenants in scripture. And one of the problems with what's happened in the last 200 years or so is that covenants have become just one single thing, the blood covenant. And that's actually just the start. If we look in scripture, we find that there are various different covenants given different names and we can trace them through and we can see that actually different things happen at different times. So in the Christian life, it's a journey. You start with the blood covenant and then after a time, you may move on to the name covenant and threshold covenant comes really, really quickly um, on the heels of name covenant. In fact, in scripture, they always seem to be six days apart. And that might seem like a strange wow. thing to say, hey, you know, in scripture, they're always six days apart. I haven't even heard of either of them. <laughs> and you actually have to sort of look for the clue of the six days sometimes i've actually gone and looked at that and gone hey it says six days here i wonder where the name is mentioned and where the threshold issue is taking part and then after that there's the salt covenant which basically makes everything permanent and after that uh, is a covenant of peace which seems like there's only maybe two people in all of scripture who get it, but it's um, an amazing sort of journey of being faithful with God. God's looking for commitment in his mm -hmm. people. And so you actually have this journey, which seems to me to be very similar to a journey from the doorway of the temple in toward the Holy of Holies. Mm. I love that. So, you know, this it, it's it's getting closer into the interior, getting more and more intimate with God. And 
we can look at that whole setup of the temple back in you know ancient times and we can say you know there were various people who were only allowed in this part and so as we move through we are actually continually crossing different thresholds mm. and one of the things is of course that back in the day <clears throat> it was understood that there were gatekeepers guardians of doorways right and their job was to actually keep you in your space spiritually speaking our spiritual temple is governed by those same sorts of things so we've got these spiritual threshold guardians and some of them are fallen now we might see why would god allow a fallen threshold guardian to actually have any space in our lives and that's because as we look at scripture we find that god gave them legal rights at the beginning and those legal rights have never been taken away from them right and so the offices of god are irrevocable that's true in the spiritual world as well so we've got these threshold guardians who are able to test us and if we pass the test simple we get through and if we don't pass the test we don't get through and so that basically explains to me why there's these different spirits there seem to be seven of them right and that kind of mimics the sevenfold mm. spirit in the throne space and we can look back and the more i understand about them the more i realize that originally they were god's throne guardians who were his intimate just just they were so much part of his court they knew exactly well no they didn't know exactly they knew pretty much what his plans were for humanity and they destroyed decided to destroy them and that's their ongoing purpose to actually stop us getting into that space with god wow. so i hope that kind of summarizes pretty much what um well i've been looking at for the last 10 years but in addition to looking at for the past 10 years writing about as well yeah and explain for people that don't even maybe know what is a threshold a threshold because you know i'm always trying to explain this so it's like it's like a door i mean it, it, you said about the doorway it's like it's a point at which we cross from one area one section of our life into the next right exactly so like there's all kinds of different thresholds in the spiritual world these threshold guardians seem to be um, higher than principalities and they govern transitional spaces mm -hmm. so that transitional spaces are spaces like now in time because okay it's the 29th we're coming up to a new year yes right and so they govern that space in time they govern the frontiers between countries they govern all sorts of boundaries they govern states right so you, you look at something like um a um the transitional state between ice and water 
right? So, you know, if you're out on an ice lake wow. and it's about to thaw, right, you understand what a dangerous place this is, right? All of these spaces, the frontier spaces, the boundary spaces are very dangerous. And they're dangerous because these threshold guardians are there and they want to make sure that we do not get across the most important threshold of all, which is God's destiny for us. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's, yes, exactly. I mean, that is, you know, uh, like I said, when I was starting, t- I've read, I've read these a couple, I've read the name one I've read. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm not even saying their proper name because I just <laughs> know them as this is the name one. This is the threshold. This is this one that, you know, um, I guess God's poetry. That's our name. That's yes. 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 I that that, that, that was, yeah, yeah, that was the first one I wrote. That was the only book I thought I had in me. Um, I, I knew that I wanted to say something about names and I went, I'm going to get it off my chest because I want to write fantasy like C.S. Lewis. Let's just get this one aside. But this has been the one that's been so ongoing because the Lord has just revealed more and more and more. And so as I've and how got many, that. How many now there's like um, 40? Yeah, yeah, I've got over 30 books now. Um, and you know, uh, there's one particular series just on the Threshold Guardians themselves. Yeah. One of those books in that series is specifically devoted to name covenants because uh, I started with actually a book by a guy called Henry Clay Trumbull. He um, was a superintendent of Sunday schools back in the 19th century. And he wrote a book called The Threshold Covenant, which was pretty much where I started, right? Um, I, I had a little bit of before that that, you know, God was talking to me about and I couldn't understand it. And eventually I stumbled across this book and I went, this is what I want. And he explained what a threshold covenant was. Now, it's actually up on my website, gracedropswithn.com, free download. So if you want to get it there. Because yeah, I was be- just writing it down. I, I definitely want this. This has become, and I want people to understand this. Um, I, I mean, I, people know because I'm an open book on here. You know, I've I've got a crazy past. <laughs> I've gone through a lot of things. And they and I and when Anne and I met, I went through you you taught me about um oh what did you call it now? Like a a a re but you use such a great word, a recap, basically a, like a forensic analysis of my timeline. That's what you like a forensic analysis. And so I went and I laid out everything from as far back as I could remember. Little till I was like a baby, things that I maybe didn't remember, but I knew from my family. And I figured out I had a three year cycle mm-hmm. every three years. So now, and I'm just going to, I'm just giving you a little bit of this. As I did that, I realized right now in this last year has been one of my three year marks. So I knew. I am crossing this threshold the right way this time. I'm not doing the same thing. And so it has been a very interesting year. And that was why I started to dive back into some of these books because I went, I've done this analysis, but how many times do we live and we don't even pay attention? We don't even realize these cycles. We don't, we don't realize the cycles. And, and we, we do realize that, you know, something is wrong. 
but generally speaking what we think to ourselves is oh well i just need more faith to get through at this time right and what i've realized is actually we don't need faith right because we've already got it in jesus it's always about holding on to our little mustard seed our tiny little thing we use that to hold on to the faith of jesus to the hem of his garment and that's all we need yeah. right so it's not about faith because our faith will never ever be enough it doesn't matter whether it's stretched from here to the other side of the galaxy it would not be enough right it's the faith of jesus that's the important thing so what i found was as i did these series of books is that what makes a difference is actually the fruit of the spirit mm. and the fruit of the spirit is a weapon which surprised me a lot as, as i realized suddenly these are weapons and they are given to us as weapons for the very simple reason that way back in the garden fruit was weaponized against oh, spirits that's so good oh sorry fruit, fruit was weaponized by these spirits right oh, and so god because they have to reap what they sow just as we do right weaponizes fruit against them and so he's given us these amazing fruit excuse me well it's a little fruit fly now <laughs> yeah this is australia <laughs> and it's summer and it's summer right yeah see we're getting ready to go into the winter yeah, yeah. and so th this is why it's happened you know you look at scripture suddenly differently and realize what is given to us is here are these fruit that are actually weapons for us whereas we kind of think of them as oh this is the sunday school stuff not really important yes it's for character development but that's it and suddenly you go no 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 each one of these is specifically designed to take down one particular threshold guardian wow so you actually see that this fruit is just such an amazing oh just amazing yeah oh it's so good and the so for the thresholds and we'll we'll get into this deeper uh in the second half but the thresholds for people that are struggling and they're going I know that I have this destiny and and many people even have the knowing if you really sit for a moment of what that looks like, of what that destiny should be. Because the Lord starts to show us those things as children. But we get to the stage of life where you go, I'm I'm 46. Why have I not stepped into my destiny? And that's when then you start going, what is the blockage, right? Yeah. And, and, and people usually just go, well, okay, I didn't have enough faith. They, they often get disappointed in God. Yep. And think about that is you know go okay the disappointment with god is always you look at the fact that what do you do when you're disappointed and if i if i if you take away nothing from today except this ask yourself what do you do when you're disappointed now i didn't know that what i did was i sat down with a cup of coffee and I brooded over this cup of coffee every time I was disappointed in in life, really. I, I wouldn't have said it was disappointed with God. It was just sort of like, well, that was pretty crushing. What am I going to do? 
and I would sit down with a cup of coffee and I would just look at it and I would try to calm myself and finally one day God got my attention enough while I was sitting with a cup of coffee and I was saying to him hey you know thank you thank you for making me so resilient thank you for making me so stubborn thank you for giving me the ability to bounce back from disappointment and I'm sitting there saying all these things to him and I swear I heard heaven laugh and I said hey what what are you doing <laughs> why are you laughing at me why are you laughing and, and God seemed to be going hey um you resilient you stubborn you able to bounce back right and it sounds like the whole trinity is sort of having this real chuckle at my expense right no so I went what do you think and he said you know what you do and what do I do he said when you get really disappointed you sit down with a cup of coffee and you brew for it and you brew and you might if you have a really really disappointing time go and have some comfort food or go read a good book to distract yourself and you wait till the disappointment fades which can take anything from a couple of hours to several months and then you try again wow so i said to god what's your problem because <laughs> i was thinking to myself hey what's his problem yeah. right I'm I'm not doing drugs, I'm not getting smashed on alcohol, I'm not, you know, getting on the, distracting myself with porn, I'm not doing any of those things. What's his problem? It's just a cup of coffee. And so he said to me, you know what? You never come to me first. Mm. Never, ever ask me what went wrong. Wow. And I put out all my theological reasons why there could be nothing wrong. And he said, you don't come to me. You wait sometimes for months before you come to me. And I went, you know what? It must be God because he's nailed my behavior perfectly. And so after that, I realized that this was one of the big deals. This, this is what I call the false refuge. And if you learn nothing other than figure out what your false refuge is, repent of, and make the determination that you will be empowered by God to seek him first rather than your false refuge. Oh, that's so, honestly, you have that story in your book. And of course, I've read it for the third time, you know, a couple months ago. And I sat and I like literally, because I want people to understand the false refuge is probably not this big thing. It's some like when I sat and I started really seeking, you know, what do I do? And mine was like, I just start thinking and I start telling myself things. I start self-talking. I start, and I went, oh my gosh. And that's not something you would ever think of because it's it's like inside, you know what I mean? Like it's, I'll start planning. I'll, okay, well, I could do this. Worst case scenario, I start being the person to self-tell myself, well, this will be how we can get through this. This is versus going, I am broken and I am sad and I am hurt and I need to be held. And Jesus, you're all I have. And and what do you want to say about this? And can, and that was, and I'm sure there's other things. That, that's not my only false refuge, but that was what re, what I realized just recent. And so I want people to understand because 
it is revolutionizing when you can understand what those false refuges are because then we can actually move away from them and start absolutely absolutely yeah yeah you know i i just go the biggest thing that stops you getting across the threshold is those false refuges you know and, and you've got to actually take god to god all the ones you know about yeah and god There'll still be- lets you drink coffee right i love the ending part of the story <laughs> Tell the ending exactly. of what he says to you then once you started to didn't i don't want yeah, to yeah. You tell it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, basically, you know, I, I went to him next time. I had a disappointment and I'm, I'm sitting here going, hey, you know, I've come to you first. Hey, aren't you proud of me? And then I feel like, mm, I think that's just proved something that I need to, there's, there's something else out here I need to deal with. But, you know, and anyway, so he says to me, let's discuss what went wrong over coffee. I just, isn't that great? Because I love that part. I, there's plenty of things in life you'll just go, look, if it was alcohol, if it was any drugs or anything else, you'd say no. But but really what he's saying is just get the ordinary things of life, the good things, in right order. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I lo- I, I mean, I, I feel like I know some of these stories because of reading them so many times, but I love that part because it shows how much God truly just loves us and cares for us and goes, you came to me. And so guess what? Now I know you love your coffee. So come on, (laughs) I'm going to sit with you and and have coffee. It's so good. Okay. Hang tight. We're going to take a quick break and then we will be back to talk more about this. And y'all, we are so grateful for our sponsors and our affiliates that we work with. We vet them. I don't just partner with anybody. They've got to be Christ followers. And, and, you know, I have to know what they are doing with their company, but I'm supporting them. And I just want you to know when you support them, when you purchase through one of those sponsors, that helps the show. And so we're grateful. So anyway, hang tight. We're going to take a quick two minute break and highlight some of our favorite sponsors. And then we will be right back with Ann Hamilton. Good morning, everybody. Coffee Talk with Esther here. I want to talk to you about something fantastic. These sprays. Oh my gosh, you have to check them out. They're called Verve Spray Vitamins. And if you wake up and you don't feel well, you take one of these guys and you do eight squirts and you will be back to normal in less than 24 hours. It's pretty crazy. They have one for skinny if you want to lose weight. It's vitamin B5. Again, five squirts. I'm going to show you how easy. You open it like this. How easy is that? They taste great. There's nothing bad in them. You guys have to check these out. And you can get a discount with our code B4A or Tanya Joy. They've got them in all sorts. They've got your daily vitamins. They've got the skinny. They even have a melatonin one that will help put you to sleep. Check them out now. You are going to love them.
government-induced inflation, taxes, rising interest rates, political instability. All of these can have a crushing effect on our investments, often causing the stock market to go down. But they can also cause gold and silver to go up. Hi, this is Dr. Kirk Elliott. Buy gold, buy silver, buy now, but buyer beware. Precious metals companies are not created equal. As a PhD economist, I have been in the financial, economic, and precious metals business for three decades. The philosophy of my firm is people over profit. I encourage you to read my bio to learn more about me at kirkelliotphd.com. Now is the time to own physical metals in an IRA, 401k, and outside of a retirement plan. Don't let the government destroy your hard-earned assets any longer. Call 720-605-3900 or visit kirkelliotphd.com. Hey, friends. You already know the answer to this, but we'll ask you anyway. If you stay away from your favorite junk food for a month and then go back to supersizing it, will your health improve? Well, that's the thing about change. To change, we have to be as consistent as possible. And when we go back to an old habit, it's not the end of the world. We just get back at the new habit. Before you know it, real transformation is evident to you and others. That's why we offer a bunch of helpful bonuses when you subscribe to Kingdom Fuel. Kingdom Fuel is our complete nutritional meal shake. It's the simple start to a transformed life, and we'll auto-ship every month so you don't run out. You'll receive two free shaker cups, free access to our video courses, and a monthly call with us filled with practical inspiration. Just see the link below or on your screen and subscribe today. All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is such a great conversation. Please remember you can watch us Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4.14 p.m. Central. And you can find us on Rumble, Clout Hub, on all streaming uh, audio uh, areas, as well as on the Blessed News Network. So let's bring Anne back in. All right. Oh, this is such a great conversation. It's so important. Let's dive deeper into what we can. And first though, before we do that, I want to be sure that we let everyone know where can they get these books and how they can start diving in because you really, there's so much in them. We can't possibly cover in an hour's time. So let everybody know the best place to first get all the books. Uh, you can get them at Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Some of them, not all of them are on, um, Ebooks are also available as ebooks, so you know you can download them. But uh, you know, search my name, uh, which by the way is a very common name at um, Amazon. So just make sure you get the ones that are actually mine. Yes, yes, and your picture is on there. I saw that, and we'll put the link so everybody watching or listening check the show notes. I will have the links in there. There's also what is it? Goodreads. I think I've yes, Goodreads is there. Yeah, basically a place where um, you know, you'll find reviews of the books. So not all of them, but, you know, the vast majority. So, yeah. Yeah. So then let's first tell people what the names of all of these thresholds guardians are. Okay. So, so my understanding is that there are seven of them and some of them go by multiple names, right? And, and that takes a while to work out. It took me a fair while to understand that, our usual way of looking at things is through the Greek model. Mm -hmm. So the Greek model of the spiritual world is that there's one god or goddess 
right they have one name and you know they might have a, a different name in another culture but they have basically one name and they are able to be only in one place at one time that is not the scriptural understanding the scriptural understanding is very fluid what they call fluid bodies and so some of these spirits have different names they look entirely different and you actually would think first off that they have no relationship to one another mm -hmm. it takes to understand yes their functions are the same and the same fruit of the spirit takes them down and that's always my criteria if it's the same fruit of the spirit that takes them down they're basically the same thing mm -hmm. the one that most people come across first is python that's the now, first one interesting okay most people encounter python first or at least they realize that they've encountered python first you know they feel the squeeze they feel the constriction they feel the real pressure of mm -hmm. um, python and, and what they do is they think to themselves i need more faith right this is this is the big deal right but when you look at what scripture says about python and it only mentions python once by name in act 16 16 right um but it actually has references to python all the way through hebrew right in particular and a lot of allusions to it because everyone in the ancient world knew about python mm -hmm. not just the greeks but also the hebrews they knew exactly what kind of wording was associated with it so you actually get um python uh testing jesus Mm. Once you see that Python is the main tester of Jesus, right? It says the devil, right? Or, you know, Satan in some translations that tested Jesus. But whether it's actually the same entity all three times, that's a mm. really, really good question, you know, because Satan just simply means the adversary, right? And in those days, it was understood that there were more than one, right? So whether or not we just sort of lump everything together, like, you know, a bit like we've lumped covenants all down into blood covenants and a bit like we've lumped, you know, all the main adversaries into one go. When actually Paul says, you know, there's principalities, there's powers, there's world rulers, all of these are different. I believe that these threshold guardians are that second level powers, right? So there's Python. And Python has nothing to do with sin. Most people make the mistake of thinking, I must have sinned. Now, that's a possibility, of course. Mm -hmm. Actually, all you've really done is walked up to the threshold. Yeah. And it's gone, what right do you have to pass this threshold? Yeah. yeah. Right? And so what I will do to test you is we'll ask for a sacrifice. Yes. This is and the one I just figured out. And that I mean, after all these years, I've known you what almost three years, and I was like, "Well, I knew Leviathan because my name, I understood that." But Python, it I mean, literally, this was only in September that I went, "Oh my gosh, that's the one I've been facing, the biggest yeah. one." Yeah, I, I don't, I don't consider it the biggest. I actually, in retrospect, thought, you know, that's not so bad actually. Um, Python basically will ask you for a sacrifice. 
And your correct answer is, well, I have an invitation to pass through this door signed in the blood of Jesus. Love it. That's it. He was the sacrifice. But no, we don't do that. Mm -mm. I don't know anybody who ever does that. What we do is we go, well, what are we going to sacrifice? Are we going to sacrifice ourselves, yeah. self-sabotage? Or are we going to sacrifice somebody else? You know, it could be a partner and, and that could, partner could be, you know, husband, could be children, it could be a partner in a business deal. You know, you see all sorts of things and it's always on the threshold. You always find these last minute things that you never expected Hey, the deal is all worked out. We're ready to sign the final papers. You read through the, the papers for the last time that, you know, you've been working on for 12 months and suddenly you go, this bears no resemblance to anything we agreed on. And so suddenly you find yourself actually, you know, thinking to yourself, I'm being made a sacrifice here. Yeah. And in the moment you notice that, you go, okay, I have to negotiate this if I can mm -hmm. using love. Love is the one that takes down Python. Love is the fruit of the spirit that takes down Python. Wow. Okay, the next threshold guardian is one I call Ziz, and I call it Ziz, even though you could call it Jezebel, right? I call it Ziz because actually... Jezebel has so much baggage associated with it and a lot of what people understand about Jezebel actually applies to other spirits rather than Jezebel. It kind of, it's another crunch down thing, you know. Interesting. And so Ziz to me is the spirit of forgetting. You know, you come up to a threshold and like you can see this in the natural how many times do you walk through a door, you go to another room and you go, what am I here? <laughs> yes. That's the natural kind of thing that happens in the spiritual. It's what's my destiny? What am I here for? What? Oh. And normally this spirit will actually get you before you get to the doorway, before you get through. It's basically, you know, there if it can get you to a place of forgetfulness you actually go well i don't even know what that person is talking about they've accused me of something and i don't remember it ever happening yeah now that's a really difficult position to be in because you don't know whether it's a false accusation or not you don't know whether you need to repent or you and you don't know whether you need to forgive yeah right? And that, like, I just go, this is the most efficient way of doing things. What overcomes Ziz? Joy. Wow. Right? Wow. How do we get joy? You know, God actually gives us a way of getting joy. I, I think this is wonderful. What he does is he say, you know what? Give me thanks yes. and I'll give you joy. So, like, we can start with just this discipline, you know, put this note on your bed or yes. on your side table saying, you know, three things tonight I need yeah. to thank God for during the day. And, and start that way and just develop this day-by-day -day 
thing of giving thanks to God, you know, Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances. Yeah. Even in the worst situations, look for the thing that you can give God thanks for. You know what? Right at Thanksgiving time, I did a show with another friend of mine who has a podcast in, um, she's in Oregon, but she has a lovely accent. She's also from, I uh, believe, South Africa, maybe Australia. I don't remember. I get those accents mixed up. I apologize, everybody, but I do get them mixed up. But um, she's a lovely friend, lovely believer. And so anyway, we did a show and it was on gratitude. And I was teaching. And one of the things that I said as I was praying and spending time with the Lord, because I knew because of going through all this, I knew what I was dealing with, you know, and it was to create a gratitude journal. And so at that point, I made a commitment Lord, I'm going to keep a journal. And even if it's like all I can find is that my feet didn't hurt. My dog licked me. I don't care what it is. I'm going to start small because it was so hard for me uh, because I was forgetting. And I was realizing that I was forgetting. And I was realizing, hey, the Israelites went through what they did because it says they forgot to remember. And so I started and we talked all about that. And I will tell you, everybody that's watching and listening, it's what only this it's the middle of December. Well, we'll, we'll be airing this December 29th, but we're filming this middle. And so I've only been doing that, not even a full month. And I am feeling the joy of the Lord come back and I'm getting through. I'm, I mean, I'm not perfect. There's still many moments in the day where I'm like, Oh my goodness. But as I do that, I'm seeing that I'm feeling it. I'm sensing it. So it's, I'm, I encourage people start small and do it. It's huge. Yeah. Wow. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, you know, get past these two and you will face Leviathan. Now, to me, quite different to from a lot of other people, right? I just go, Leviathan's an easy one. No problem to deal with Leviathan. The moment you realize Leviathan, backlash, all that kind of thing is in your life, you simply go, so who have I dishonored? And you repent of it. And I have seen so many miracles come into people's lives when they have sat down with God, done business with him, and said, I dishonored this person. I even dishonored Satan. You know, like scripture is really clear. You cannot even dishonor fallen spirits, right? You will encounter backlash. Because basically what you're saying to God is, if you dishonor a fallen spirit is, God, you don't have the right to give that freedom in my life. Mm -hmm. You should never have created this being, right? So subtly behind all dishonor to other people or to fallen, even to fallen spirits is dishonor of God. So, you know, you've actually got to apologize to God as well. Wow. Right? Um, because basically Leviathan will wait until the opportune moment to um, you know put the backlash into place mm -hmm. and what you find is that you've long forgotten what it was yeah. the one exception to this rule is and, and i call this particular spirit reshef right which really leviathan has several different heads seven right mm -hmm. and one of them is called reshef from what i can understand and this particular spirit instantly retaliates, 
And I mean, every single time I've ever heard a story, both in scripture and in people's lives, the instant retaliation is there. And this is for dishonor in prayer. Wow. If you dishonor God while in prayer, you can guarantee that within an hour, you'll see you it. will be, you'll see it. Can you give some examples what that might look like for somebody that's going, wow, what does that even look like if I'm dishonoring God? Okay, while I'm I'm, yeah, I'm going to do it from scripture because the only ones that I have from real life, um, no one has ever given me permission to share it. Um, and for the obvious reasons is because they always say everyone will know who I am. They'll be able to identify me because it was so extreme, right, what happened to them. Wow. But, you know, you look at particular things in Scripture and you see things like um, Jeroboam is basically um, at the prayer altar. He's offering things to God and a prophet comes up to him and rebukes him and he starts to scream at the prophet, right? Wow. And instantly his hand withers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, another one sim very similar is Isaiah, uh, right? U Z Z, or we say Z, you'd say Z, U Z Z A A H, right? King Isaiah, right? He is at the prayer altar. He's invaded the sanctuary of God, right? And he's clearly there because, in his view, the Levites aren't cutting it in their prayers, right, mm -hmm. for him. So he's there to do it right, right, and they rebuke him, right, and he starts again screaming at them, and what happens is that they, they just are horrified because they're basically going, there's leprosy. You've broken out in leprosy. Now, this has a real, this, this particular one, you actually can see the impact on the nation, yeah. right? Because you see the exact opposite of this story in Isaiah's famous vision, which starts with the words, in the year that King Isaiah died, I saw, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And you go, where's the angel that comes down with the coal? He's at the prayer altar. Right, what he's doing is going, I'm purifying you, and thus I'm purifying the people. And what you see is this is a complete overturn of what Uzziah, King Uzziah did, right? Who brought defilement not just on the sanctuary, but on the entire people, right? And Isaiah, Isaiah's vision has all of this in it. It's actually the overturn of the defilement that's been brought on the nation. Right, but the, the retaliation, you know, going back was instant. Right, yeah. the leprosy just instant, instant broke out as so it was happening, basically. Yeah, as it was happening, you know, and, and these things do happen in real life. You know, as I said, you know, yeah, there's several people I know that did a very similar sort of thing. They dishonored, um, actually, you know, in in most cases, they dishonored a spirit in prayer. Wow. Um, God told them not to, but in the pressure 
of the time that they were in, particularly if you're in a group, yeah. it actually, you know, you, you tend to go with the group. You tend to feel that peer pressure to do it. Wow. Um, but the very fact that God had said to them, do not do this, yeah. was, you know, you know, they had the knowledge not to do it. They went ahead anyway. And within, you know, an hour and a half, they're in ICU. Wow. It makes you wonder. I mean, I've I've watched people I know go through different things um, that I've now come to the point with some of it where, you know, I'm trying to be careful how I say this, um, where I go, something is going on. <laughs> there's been something that has happened and that's the root of it is there's been, I think, dishonor, a lot of these things. Yeah, yeah. It, it dishonor. Look, we will dishonor God in prayer. There's no question about that, right? But unless, it, and we, He gives us time to repent, right? And and that's the thing that unless we repent, unless we come back to Him, and unless we say sorry, this was just so totally inappropriate. Here I was in your space, yeah, and I, I was dishonoring you, as I'm appealing to you, wow. I'm appealing to you for help. And I'm dishonoring you in the process. And you just go, God, God just, you know, it's not even God really in my view that does this. It's basically these spirits that are able to retaliate for yeah. dishonor again. It's almost, it's the consequence. You know, we know that we reap what we sow. And the, the issue is we sow things without realizing good and bad. So if we sow that, we're going to reap that then. So, okay, you've had, I, I don't want to keep interrupting you. I keep interrupting with all these questions or thoughts. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. Uh, we looked at uh, those three. Then there's a spirit of rejection, right? Um, okay. Yeah. Spirit of rejection, Azazel, right? And, and a lot of people will look at this in um, the scriptures and go, you know, when the Lord gives directions to send the scapegoat out into the wilderness, he tells um, he tells the priest to send it out to a goat demon. Mm. A lot of commentators will basically say that's not possible. God would not do that, right? And you go, but hold on. You look at Jesus. Jesus is at the shrine of a goat demon on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, right? And this is exactly imaging exactly himself as the scapegoat exactly what is supposed to happen all right and and this is when he's at caesarea philippi he's at the gates of hell um this is a shrine to the greek god pan who was half human half goat so you've got this whole picture of this spirit of rejection right and of panic right who is able to actually influence our lives so much. Wow. Once once again, you know, there's a fruit of the spirit to overcome it, mm -hmm. right? And we call it self-control, but actually that's a really bad translation. It's an awful translation, really. What it is really in the Greek is empowerment by the spirit. So we yeah. actually go, you know what, I need self-control really empowerment by the holy spirit to overcome rejection 
right? A lot of people try and cast it out. Yeah. And you go, it, it's not going to go for any length of time. And there's a really good reason for that because that whole story of Jesus actually at Caesarea Philippi, this is where he is proclaimed the Messiah by Simon. And there's a name covenant there. <laughs> Simon gets a new name, Peter, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that's part of what's going on. So there's actually a name covenant, a threshold covenant coming six days later. And if you, you know, look at the wow. story, you know, six days later, what do they do? They go up a mountain, right? And that mountain is Mount Hermon. Mm -hmm. This is where the spirits, the, the fallen angels came down, right? And amongst them was Azazel right this spirit of rejection the very one that you know in the shadow of the mountain jesus is dealing with right and this mountain is also the mountain that jesus is talking about when he says you know if you have faith as small as a mustard seed you can tell this mountain to be uprooted and cast into the sea right he's actually referring to that mountain and i don't think he's actually saying it's the mountain mm -hmm. i think what he's saying is it's the 200 beings, these spirit beings, these fallen spirit beings. That's what you can get and cast into the sea. Wow. If you have good. a small as a mustard seed, you know. Why would you want to move a mountain? Well, right. you, might, you might. But most people need actually these spirits removed from their lives. Yeah. All of us, right? <laughs> You know, it's all about this tiny little mustard seed that we just go, you know, I've got my mustard seed, but really what I'm doing, I'm holding it in my hand as I'm holding on to the hem of the pressure of Jesus. Yeah. Because it's his faith, you know. That pressure, that hem of his garment is what he's praying. He, You know, that hem is what he's touching as he prays. Yeah. Right. There's knots and fringes and all the rest of it. And so it's he's always interceding before the Father for us. And, and this is what we're doing. We're uniting our prayers with him. And so often I just go, you know, Jesus, I don't know what to pray for here. In fact, I'm probably going to get it wrong. Mm. So, look, this is what I think. Can you fix my prayer for me? Oh, I love that. You know, that's 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 that. his job as our mediator. He's there to fix it. Mm -hmm. So you know, I, I don't worry about these spirits. I, I look at them and I go, okay, Jesus has already defeated them, but what part of my heart is still in agreement with them? Oh, that's so good. Yeah, that's so yeah. good. That's where the forensic analysis comes in, everybody. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, so the, the spirit of rejection, right? Where are we up to? I think that was. Yeah, we did. As is the uh, Azazel rejection. That was the last one. We did Ziz, Python, Leviathan. Um, Belial, right, is a, the spirit of abuse, right? And it has um, a, a face as Kronos, right? Time, right? Which is also a spirit of abuse. And a lot of people have a very wrong idea about this. They, they go, particularly in marriage, they look at it and you go, you know, I've got to stay here because I've got to love the person, right? But in fact, 
Paul has told us clearly, separate yourself. Mm. And he actually mentions Belial. And it doesn't make any sense because normally our translations of the Hebrew wash out totally the 27 times that Belial is mentioned. So when we get that one and only time that it happens in the Greek, right, when Paul's talking about it, it doesn't make any sense, right? We just go, oh, okay, another name for Satan. Mm-hmm. In fact, if you look at all the times it's there in the Hebrew, you realise this is a spirit of abuse, right? And God's rule is for it, A, if you've got a town where you know people are affected by it, destroy the town and never rebuild it. Wow. That's, that's how serious it is, right? And Paul basically says, separate yourself. Yeah. And so, you know, you look at that and you go, well, actually, you know, it's a choice again. Yeah. You can decide to stay because you feel that God has called you to stay there. But if you do decide to remove yourself, to separate yourself, you shouldn't be in that place of feeling guilty that you did something wrong. Mm. That loving it, right? Okay, because the, the, the fruit that takes this particular one down is goodness, kindness, and faithfulness. Now, that sounds like three of them, but in fact, in Hebrew, it's one word, right? Wow. Usually it's translated in Hebrew as loving kindness, right? And I think the problem when, you know, Paul's there writing in Greek to the Galatians, he's actually going, oh, goodness, no, that doesn't quite cut it. Uh, faithfulness, no, that doesn't quite cut it either. The, you know, kindness, no, that definitely doesn't cut it, right? Okay, I'm going to have to use three words to describe one Hebrew word. Wow. So, one in fact, you know, the whole lot of them are all nine or all seven, as I like to, you know, think of them as, is one fruit, right? But, you know, as you bite into it, you've got different flavours, right? So, I love it, yeah. This is, this is, this is what takes it down, right? The, the one that I'm working on at the moment and, you know, has been really, really probably the most difficult um, is Lilith. When I first started to look at Lilith um, you know, about 14 months ago, I thought there was not much, there is not much actually out there on her, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I took some time out because every November I spend time actually writing on John's Gospel, right? I look at John's Gospel um, in a, a very particular way. I look at the first chapter and the last chapter, the second chapter, second last chapter, third chapter. Wow. Third, last chapter, right? And what I found is it's one massive epic poem. Everything matches, right? Wow. And so last year when I first, um, when I was always doing second and second last chapter, right, I'd taken time out from doing Lilith and suddenly I realised, wait a minute, there's something here that I didn't expect. And the more I've looked at it over an entire year, and I don't think I've ever spent an entire year looking at something, is, you know, with with the intensity that I've looked at this, at any rate, is 
that Lilith is the most fearsome of the spirits. Wow. In the sense that people are so afraid, right? They may not realize it, but they are so afraid they will actually form a truce with Lilith. I call it a truce rather than an agreement, right? Wow. And the truce is always, you know, whatever the aspects of the truce that, you know, a particular person has, one aspect of it is let's not involve Jesus in this. I've come really, really sensitized to how Christians take out of things, right? And look at what we're walking through right now in the world. I mean, that is one of the biggest things we're seeing in the church at large. Don't mention him by name. You know, use a euphemism, right, Um, for Jesus, right? We won't mention him by name. Right. Um, We can have an entire session and we won't mention Jesus, you know. Um, And and you just go, you know. And sometimes I will be sitting there actually thinking, what's wrong with this? You know, I'm having a bad feeling here, you know. Everything looks good on the surface, Mm -hmm. right? I'm having a bad feeling. And finally I go, I haven't heard the name of Jesus yet. Yeah. 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 And, and, and. I don't just mean the name of Jesus. I mean, plenty of people just sort of invoke Jesus as the name at the end of a prayer. Mm-hmm. What I mean is Jesus as a presence yeah. in a particular space, which is a different thing entirely. Yes, very much so. And, and Lilith is, um, and the particular face of Lilith that I, I've been looking at for over 12 months is one called Annette. Annette, okay. And she she is about a point in time. Mm. The whole story of Annette, you just go from the very first miracle that Jesus does, which is wedding feast at Cana, right? You can find in the background there's Annette to the entire sequence with Mary Magdalene in the garden, right? In, outside the tomb, it's all about Annette. Wow. Right? It is so clear, right? She, Her story is that she is someone who went looking for her brother Baal who was killed, right? And eventually she found his body. She buried it. Three days later, she came to find it. Right? Wow. And, it, and suddenly you go, hold on, where have I heard this story before, right? And you go, and she said, when she's looking for it, right, she said, where is the Lord? Wow. Not only do you have Mary Magdalene basically saying this, right? Mm-hmm. There is a particular Hebrew word that means where is the Lord, right, or where is the prince, right? And that word is Jezebel. So what Jesus is doing is going, okay, we are taking Baal down, we're taking Jezebel down, we're taking Anath down, right? You find Anath's name 
in the name of Jezebel's daughter, Athaliah. Right? She's the one that, you know, yes. takes the opportune time. There's an opportune moment where it's sort of like here all of these um, princes, you know, have been killed, right? There's very few descendants of um, what's the, what's her husband's name? I've forgotten. The husband she, of Athaliah, or the husband of yeah, yeah, of, and her her son's name, right? He her son went on a a um a state visit to Samaria, and while he was visiting the king of Samaria, who was the son of Ahab. He got killed by Jehu. Was it Jeh Jehoram? I think you're probably right. I, I don't know if that's the right way to say it. I just looked up the husband of um, Athaliah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it anyway. was Athaliah. I, we say it Athaliah here. Oh, okay, Athaliah, right. Um, so Athaliah is basically, she's she's got Anna in her name. Yeah. All right. Got the word for appointed isn't time. She also, she's also connected to Lilith, isn't she? Isn't also oh, yeah, yeah, because basically these are um Lilith is a face of Anat. Right. right? Okay. Anat, I, I used to just sort of go, how do you describe Anat to the modern world? Right. Right? You know, like she's so vicious, she's so unbelievable, right? And and then um in Israel, October seven, and you just went. That's her. That is the way she behaves. That absolute carnage, that absolute terror, that absolute barbarism towards children and civilians. It's just that describes her perfectly. She's a war goddess, right? Mm -hmm. And you just go, I understand why people are afraid of her. Her message to people fundamentally in your spirit is, well, you might think that Jesus is better than me, but he's not. And even if he is, you know what? He's not going to protect you against me. Wow. And that secondary message is what gets through because most people go, hmm, I wonder if he will. You know, because they've had bad experiences with Python, Leviathan, and all these other people, all these other spirits, and they just go, "Well, is it possible?" Wow. That protect me. Oh, okay. She's offering me a truce. I think I'll take it. Wow. You know, because I couldn't understand why when I was starting to talk to people, Leviathan, I want him gone next. You know, I want him gone now, if not last week yeah right you just go yes i want to repent yes I'm. but when it came to lilith or anna they go oh let me think about this wow what are what are some ways that people would see that operating in their life um the feeling that you get is that you've been stabbed or speared or staked you actually it doesn't matter how many times you've forgiven a particular person for a particular thing. Mm -hmm. It's like the forgiveness never seems to make any difference. Wow. You can't move on from it. I mean, this is a trauma thing. Trauma is always about, you know, feeling it's 
stuck you know so you know how many how so many people talk to you as if what happened 25 years ago yes 25 minutes ago yes right totally you know the past is present for them and that's the stuckness wow right this is the spear this is the stake, you know. She's a vampire spirit, you know. Yeah. We talk about stakes and vampire spirits. Well, she's she does it, right? She does it to us. Wow. Because what she wants to do is drain our resurrection life. Right. So so this particular spirit to me is, I believe, the most difficult. And I believe she's the most difficult for the very simple reason. Wow. A, we have the truce. And B, we don't necessarily want to get rid of that truce. Uh, whereas the others, yeah, let's get rid of them. Wow, that is that's awesome. Because I don't, I don't know much about that one. I haven't read much yet. I have. I'm oh, I haven't, to, I haven't I'm done the book yet. Read about it from you. I got to learn. I mean, I don't know anybody else who's teaching on these kinds of things. And the more that I study, because for anyone who's read Anne's books or who will start reading Anne's books, you have to understand something. You're not picking up a book to read a nice Christian book. It's not the way these books are written. These books are like college material. Like you're going, you have to get in the mindset. Like every time I pick up a book to read or reread, I literally very intentionally will say, Lord, please start teaching me, show me what I need to get out of this, this time, because they are, it's a, it's a study. It's a study that, that we need to partner with the Lord to go through and get these. It's like going through school. That's how I look at it. I look at it from the point of view of, I want you to overcome your problems. Right. I want you to see what the real problem is and I want you to remove it from your life. And what I've realized is that most people are not willing to do the hard yards of repentance or forgiveness. Yeah. They want to declare that the path is straight and smooth and there's going to be no obstacles. Right. And declarations do not do this. Declarations are only effective after you've removed the obstacle. And you've done the work of repentance and forgiveness. And that's what, you know, that's what I've really found, that, that people want to get everything back to front. They want it to be easy. They don't want to actually look at the darkness in their own heart. Mm -hmm. They don't want to actually go, oh, I've got a truce with this spirit. And it's really awful. Right. And I'm afraid of it. Mm-hmm. And you don't trust God, you know, and, and this is what you actually get to this point of going, I have trusted God up to this point. This is the limit of my trust in God. How am I going to get past this? Because there's actually no way. And, you know, I looked at myself earlier this year and I went, you know what? I've been asking the Lord for more than 20 years. I've been telling him this thing right i have either the time to do his will but not the money or the money but not the time right how many people are caught in this one right mm -hmm. they actually yeah 
So, you know, there's actually been times in my life when I've given up my job and tried to work by faith and, you know, it hasn't, it hasn't worked out for me. So I've actually said to the Lord, you know, you're the one that's going to have to solve this. Earlier this year, he said to me, you know why this is taking so long and it's not going to get solved? I had, why? And he said, because you do not want it to be solved. Oh, wow. I can't answer that prayer because you don't want an answer. And I said to him, what? Well, why? What's the problem? Why don't I want an answer? And he said, because you've actually reached the limit of your trust in me and you reached it more than 20 years ago. Whoa. I went, oh, my. Yeah, I think you're right. This is God because, yeah, now I search my heart. I go, yes, you're right. So I said, what am I going to do? Right? And I actually decided for two weeks, no, this wasn't so bad. It'll be all right. Right? Because I looked at Elijah and I went, you know, Elijah does not do at the end what God asks him to do. Yeah. God asks him to anoint Jehu and Hazel and he doesn't. All right? Just go. You were very good to Elijah. You took him up in a whirlwind. Okay, I think I'll just stay here. So the Lord said to me, you know what? You're not Elijah. (laughs) And he compared me to the one person in the Old Testament. I went, no, of all the comparisons. No, 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 not that one. No, please no. So, okay, you've given me the incentive to actually get out of this situation, right? So I said to the Lord, you know, look, I don't want to get out. Yeah. And I know that the reason why it's taken more than 20 years is because you're not going to break my free will. Mm. Yeah. He won't. No, he won't. He won't because that would make him the abuser. Yeah. That's what abusers do. They override your free will. Yeah. He won't do that. Right. So he actually, you know, Pulls back. And I said, you know what I'm, I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to drag me forward. I know that the moment you start to do so, I will say to you, stop. I can't bear it. It's too fearful. I'm too afraid. I'm panicking. Mm-hmm. Can you? ignore me you start the process i'm giving you full permission to actually do this for me and to ignore all of the kicking and screaming i'm going to do as you're doing it okay go for it right now i had three days of absolute total panic i just felt so afraid so fearful i was just trembling with panic and at the end of it i went well what was i worried about wow you know once it's all over it's sort of like it was awful but what was i worried about yeah oh Uh, as always, I could sit and literally talk to you. And like I always say, I want to just sit at your feet. Whenever I get to talk to you, I feel like I just want to sit at your feet and just listen and just have you talk and talk and share your wisdom and your knowledge because it's so 
deep. I mean, and I know that comes at a sacrifice. That's. But you, you actually got to dig into who you are and be willing to go, what is the problem here? Yeah. You know, and, 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 and face that disappointment with God. You know, I've asked you, God, for more than 20 years to solve this problem. You know, I, I can look out there in the real world and go, you know, all of those people who work by faith, aren't they fantastic? Mm. Right. You know, and you just go, well, yes, they are. And so why isn't God doing it for me? And I didn't face that why isn't God doing it for me for 20 years. And maybe it would have taken that long for him to go, you know, you don't want to. Wow. Because it actually takes that long for you to actually recognize you don't want to. Because all the time you're going, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Uh -huh. I want you to solve this. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you've got to face the fact that no, below that level of wanting is not wanting. Yeah. The deepest part of the heart says, too scary. Let's not go here. Wow. So that's that's the spirit. And the last one is the spirit of wasting. Mm. And I believe that the spirit of wasting um, actually is, is relatively easy to overcome so long as you have already done the work to overcome the spirit of rejection. Right? Wow. And the reason for this is, seems to be is because actually this was another, you know, God encounter sort of worked through the whole rejection thing. And at the end of it, God said to me, hey, listen, I've got a 40-day project. And the moment he said 40 days, I went, 40 days, that sounds really bad, you know. <laughs> Jesus in the desert, 40 days fasting. Wilderness <laughs> wanderings, 40 years, you know. Oh, don't know. Anyway, so I said to him, okay, what's it about? And he said, the project is let's get rid of the spirit of wasting from your life. Yes! <laughs> yeah. Okay, what do you have to do? What do I have to do? He says, nothing. I went, what? He said, I want you to understand that when I had a name covenant with the spirit of Israel, right? Sorry, with the people of Israel, not the spirit of Israel, people of Israel at Mount Sinai, right? So there's a name covenant there. Mm -hmm. And what do, God introduces it by saying, I will drive out the Hivites, the Amorites, the Perizzites. All the ites, as I like to say. All the ites, all the ites, right, all of them, right? Because I will send my angel yes. before you, right? My name is on him, right? You must obey him. Uh-huh. He's my Terry. Yeah. He's my hornet, right? And that's his job basically. Now, the word for my name is on him, that phrase, right? There's another way of translating it, right? And the other way of translating my name is on him is my name is war. Wow. And suddenly you realize this angel has one function and only one function, war. If you obey it, it will war for you. 
Yeah. If you disobey it, it will war against you. What's it like? It's a terror. It makes the hearts of the people melt in fear. It's exactly what rejection is like. Wow. So when you've overcome rejection, you can look the terror, the hornet of God in the face and go, yes, right away. I'll do that. But if you can't look it, you're going to disobey it. You're going to run. So this, like each one of these spirits, right, these threshold spirits, God's got a different strategy for every single one of them, right? Yeah. And so fundamentally he's asking us to just go, deal with your own personal issues that you have with regard to these. Some of them are going to be easy mm -hmm. and some of them are going to be monumentally hard. Oh, it's so good. They're so, so good. I, it, these books have revolutionized my walk with the Lord, my journey, I should say. And I highly recommend them. And I know you've got so many other amazing, I, I mean, we didn't even talk. There's other books that, that Anne has that I just melt my heart and I love so much, but the threshold series, it, you know, it's key. In my opinion, that's where you start the false refuge, understanding these things. Um, again, for all of you that are watching or listening, you can find out more and you follow Anne at Grace Drops with Anne with an E dot com. And you put out on Facebook, right? Little uh Grace Drops, basically. And their their audio recordings and they're fantastic and their nuggets of truth and their teachings. So I highly also recommend everybody. Would they follow you on Facebook to find that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Facebook. Um, I, I usually have something every day, um, even if it's just a memory of mm -hmm. something I've done in the past. Uh, so, so you know, a lot of people find that you know that's perfect at the moment, it's right? Not, yeah. So, you know, they, they're anything between, you know, a five-second read and a five-minute read, mm -hmm. right? And the Grace Drops are podcasts. They're Podcast. usually less than four minutes long, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, m my theory is that most people can't carve out a lot of time yeah. usually in their life. But, you know, if you see something and you go, this is less than five minutes, it's okay, mm -hmm. right? There's an occasional one that's a bit longer. but the vast majority are under five minutes. They're so good. I highly recommend that you all find Anne and follow her because they are, I love them. They're phenomenal. And thank you so much for being on the show again and for sharing this, this such good teaching. Oh my gosh, it's just so good. So hang tight, every, uh, hang tight, and we'll, we're going to wrap this up. Y'all, thank you so much for joining the show. As you know, we end each show with a scripture. And the scripture that I felt was fitting for today's show is Proverbs 25, 2. It's one of my favorites. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but to search out a matter is the glory of kings. And I feel like that's fitting to all that we've talked about because it's, to me, this scripture always reminds me of a little treasure hunt that we're on with the Lord. And going through all of this with him is definitely like a treasure hunt. And he will reveal 
himself to you when you seek him out. So thank you again so much for watching. As always, you can find out more about me or the show over at tanyajoy.tv. Looks like tanyajoy.tv. And um, we're just grateful for you. Happy New Year, everybody. God bless you. And we will see you on the next show, which will probably be next year. So we will see you then. Bye. God bless y'all. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Beauty for Ashes with Tanya Joy. Please subscribe, hit the notification bell, and leave us a comment below. Lastly, if you've enjoyed today's podcast, share with those who came to mind. Be blessed and remember you were created for such a time as this.